What's up, church? Hey, okay. How was your, how was your week at work? Yeah, okay. All right. First service, they were more like, you know, maybe that's just because it was early. I don't know. But, uh, but hey, we, the last few weeks we've been going through our series called Don't Waste Your Work, okay? And uh, we've been talking about our jobs. Actually, more importantly, we've been talking more about work in general. And this applies to every single person in here, okay? If you're a student, guess what? Your schoolwork is your work, all right? If, uh, if you're a stay-at-home parent, guess what? All the the stuff that it goes into making, you know, making your household run, you know, cleaning and, and taking care of the kids and making sure everybody's fed and this and that and all that stuff, that's your work. All right, if you're retired, you're completely off the hook. No, you're not, okay? If you're retired, okay, you may not have a job, which is totally cool. I'm jealous of you. You know, that, that sounds pretty good to me. But, uh, but you still should be productive with your life, Okay? Like, work is a part of who we are. Work is what we're created to do. So if you're retired, I mean, whatever you do with your time that's productive, like, that's your work. All right? That's what we talked about the first week. First week, we talked about how we were created to work. Like, God created us to work. It's the first thing, one of the first things that God tells Adam. He says, hey, guess what? I got some work for you to do. All right? It's awesome. I got some work for you to do. But not only were we created to work, but we as Christians, all right, we're to work hard. All right, we should be the hardest working people at our workplace, okay? That's what we as Christians should be because we are hard workers or we should be hard workers. Last week, we talked about how we aren't supposed to just work hard, but we should also work with our hearts. Actually, the word that Paul uses, remember this? He's like, hey, man, you got to put your soul into it. All right, you got to put your soul into what you do. you got to work with your heart. You know why? Because you don't work for your boss or your manager or your supervisor or whoever that might be. Technically, what Paul's trying to get us to understand, what we talked about last week, is that we work for God. That's who we work for. Now, most of us in this room, I would assume, we have jobs, okay? Uh, if you're tired, you've had jobs in the past, and, uh, and we all understand that work is more than just our job, okay? Like, like, we get that. Work is what we're created to do. Our job is just one way that we work. We understand that, all right? We're all on the same page uh, with that, meaning that there's many other ways that we work in addition to our jobs. I wish our jobs was the only place that we, you know, in a sense, the only place that we work, but it's not. Uh, how many of you guys have ever started, like, a project at your house, that, uh, whoa, <laughs> all right. How many of you guys ever started a project at your house, all right, and you realized kind of halfway through that it was going to be a lot more work than you, than you planned on it? Ever do that? Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, the one thing, so I don't like, I mean, you know, you're probably like me where it's like, uh, you know, you get excited about a project, you get all the stuff that you think, that, that you, think you need, and you're like, oh, it's going to look so good once I'm done, and then you get like, you know, you get halfway through and you're like, get me out of here. How many of you guys still have projects that you haven't finished but you've been go- that have been going on for a long time. Okay. Don't point at people. Don't look at, okay. Uh, some people are like, yeah, all the time. All right. Um, the one thing that I appreciate about a project is that it is a great excuse to buy a new tool. Okay. Just throwing it out there. Um, even, you know, for me, even if it's like, man, I'm doing this project, you know, I gotta, I gotta do this, but I know that there's this tool that I don't have yet right, that would really help. And I got some other tools that could probably get the job done, but they're not meant to do this. And so if I had this tool, you know, I could, I could make it happen. Even if I only, you know, need to use it once, it would be good to have that, you know, just within my, you know, my showcase of tools, like your shelf on the garage where you got all your, like, the cases all lined up and it looks real sweet. And you're like, yeah, look at that. That looks good. All right. Any of you guys like that? Any of you guys ever go to Lowe's 
and, uh, and, and you have to, you know, it's like, what, it's two minutes to check out some tools. Like, like you go look at the, it's right at the door, you know? It's like they know that. It's not at the back of the store. It's right at the front of the store. We're in between the two doors. We're like, you guys ever do that? We go check it out, see what you got, see what you don't have, you know, okay? Um, sometimes, you know, sometimes I do that, and it's like, I'm like, what's, yeah, I've got a couple minutes. Go check out what they got. You know, maybe they invented some new tool or something. You know, I go up there, and I'm like, man, that's a sweet sawzall, all right? Now, I have a sawzall, but mine's got a cord, and this one's got a lithium battery that I think someday when I'm doing some future project, I don't know what yet, but that, that sawzall would sure be a lot more handy than having to break out the cord and the extension cord and have to find an outlet and all this stuff. And it's like, you know, sometimes it's like, man, I could really go for that sawzall. That's, that's a nice sawzall. Or maybe it's a grinder. I'm looking at it, and it's like, man, that's a nice grinder. I got a grinder, and I use a grinder once in a while, and it's super handy to have, but that one is so much better than what I got. This one's way nicer. See, if you're like me, sometimes we look at stuff, especially tools, right? Some people are laughing and it's like, eh, all right? It's, it's like, hey, you know, we feel like, hey, I need a better version of a tool that I have, but I don't really use, all right? It's kind of like my tractor. I've talked to you guys about this. I bought a tractor. I don't have any use for a tractor. I just wanted one. It's little. It's not a big thing. Um, the other, I don't even, I used to keep it at my house, but it got tired of it just sitting around. It was in the way, you know? So I moved it over to my parents' house. <laughs> so um, this past week, we were at my parents' house. I had my boys with me. Uh, my, I have a five-year-old and a three-year-old. And, uh, and there's a bunch of branches that had fallen down from trees and stuff because we had snow like a week and a half ago, you know? And so, um, and so I, I get out the tractor, and I have Toby. I'm like, I'm like teaching Toby how to drive the thing. I'm like, hey, you drive this tractor. You're five-year-old enough, you know? Um, it, Let's, and, and I got a chain, and I'm like hooking up, you know, I'm wrapping this chain around these big old, big old branches. I'm like, hey, you drag these over to the burn pile, and I'm, and I'm explaining to him what to do. And, and, I'm, and I'm pretty proud, Dad. I'm like, man, I'm teaching my kid to work. Let's go. You know, and, and dads nowadays, to be a good dad, you got to post stuff. And so I posted. I posted this. It's nothing, you know. There he is just driving the tractor. Um, actually, he looks huge compared to that tractor, but I, I promise you the tractor is bigger than that looks like a little pedal car now that I'm looking at it. But it's like that, you know? So I'm posting it. I'm like, hey, proud dad here. He's got a bunch of, like, wood that you can't see, dragging him to train. You know, he's doing all this stuff. And, uh, and it feels good to teach a kid how to work, all right? But then I had one of my friends send me this video, and it was this week. We got it? It's like this. Man. This kid. This kid's three, all right? My kid's five, so my kid's got two years on him, and he's running an excavator. And I was a little annoyed when I saw it, I won't lie. Um, yeah, listen to his squeaky voice. Steven, that's your nephew, right? You guys got the same voice? No, I'm just kidding. Um, just kidding. But, uh, but yeah, you know, when I got from that video, wasn't that, okay, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not looking at that going, okay, his kid's better than mine. His kid knows how to work better than mine. No, I'm going, man, I need an excavator. <laughs> seems like a lot more handy of a tool. I'm about to trade my tractor in and get one of those because that seems a lot more, you know, a lot more fun. All right. Did you know that we should view our job as a tool? I didn't say boss is a tool. I said job is a tool, just to make sure we're all on the same page. But for many of us, our job is a tool that we have and we don't use, and we're always on the lookout for a better one. 
right? It's just, it, that's just how it is, right? Now, some of you, maybe you don't like where you're working, right? And maybe you've even been asking God, like you've been going to God, like, God, yeah, I don't like this job, all right? I need a new job. I need a better, I need a better job. I need more money from, from a job. And, and you've been asking God for a better job. But the honest truth is, and if you were to, you know, if, like just for you to realize is that the honest truth is you aren't using the one that God gave you now. See, most of us, we don't need a different job. We just new, need a new perspective on the one that we have. And so real quick, what I wanted to do today is I want to look at uh, something that Jesus said a long time ago, 2,000 years ago, uh, to a group of people. And, um, and if you've been in church for any amount of time, I mean, you've heard this, okay? This is something that you've heard before. But I want to take the principle that Jesus is talking about, and I want to apply this principle to the workplace, all right, or our job. Or the work that we do. Okay, so this is what he says. He's looking at these people. And my guess, I don't, I don't know, I wasn't there, obviously. But maybe he even points at people. He says, hey, you. You, 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 you are the light of the world. Now, who's the world? What's he talking about? All right. The world, these are the people that you rub shoulders with. Now, we've been talking about for the last few weeks that one-third of our time during the week, all right, one-third of our time is spent at work, and the people that you work with, whether you like it or not, whether you chose them or not, they are a part of your world. In fact, most of us spend our best time and our best hours with people that we work with, and even more than family. Like, think about it. Even as a parent, all right, it kind of kills me to say, but it's like, man, I spend, you know, probably the best times, the best hours, the most productive time of my day I spent at work, right? This is just how it is. And, uh, and so Jesus is saying, hey, 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 you as a Christian, you're to be a light to those people. You should be a light to those people. Let me put it this way, all right? Wherever you work. He says, you are the light of the job site. Right? If Jesus was talking to you today, it'd be like you are the light of the office or the hospital or the school right? or the restaurant or the, or the store or wherever you, you know, wherever you work. It doesn't, or the office or wherever you work. Right? You are to be a light is what Jesus is telling us, right, to your clients, to your customers, it doesn't matter. You are to be a light while you are at work. Now, that's not normally what we think about, right? That's not what we think about when we're at work. Usually, when we get to work, we think of everything but that. We don't go into work going, hey, you know, how am I going to be a light to my clients today or to my customers or, or to the employees around me or to my boss or to the employees underneath me? We don't think like that, right? What we think about is we get to work and we're like, all right, how long, what time is it? How long until I'm done? Is it 3 o'clock? Is it 5 o'clock yet? You know, am I late? Am I early? What, what's, you know, what's going on? Um, you know, we think about, uh, you know, am I getting paid? How much am I getting paid? When's my next promotion? Why didn't I get that promotion? Right? And when do I get to move on to my next job? Should I start looking for a job? Or maybe it's the opposite. Maybe it's, hey, man, I love this job. I got to keep this job. You know, I hope I don't, I hope I don't lose it. But Jesus, he's saying, he's saying, hey, think of that stuff is not bad. All right, it's not wrong. But that's not the main thing that we should be thinking about. See, that's our issue. He's saying, while you are at work or while you are there, there is something else going on. All right, there's something else going on. And he says, you are the light. And then he explains why in a couple of verses later. He says, this is what you need to do. He says, let your light shine because you are the light. He says, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good 
works. Now here, in this context, again, Jesus, he's talking about, he's saying, hey, so they may see your good works. This is the way that you live your life. But let's focus in on the context of us at our job, or us at work, right? Because that's what, you know, that, that's what matters. He's saying, hey, when you're at work, we already know that we got to work hard, and we already know that we need to work with our heart, because we realize that we work for God, and all this stuff that we've learned from the last two weeks, right? He's saying, hey, let your light shine before others so that they may see the way you work or the quality of work that you produce. I don't uh, remember much from ninth grade. All right, sorry, teachers. Uh, but, uh, but there is one thing that I do remember from one teacher that, uh, that I had for intro to business, okay? Didn't even know, you know, I don't know, freshman. I don't, I don't remember anything from this class except for I learned how to write a check, all right? which I thought, which actually came in handy later on in life. But, uh, but there's one thing that my teacher said to me one day, and, uh, and he, gave, he gave us like, you know, I think we had like a workbook, and we had like some worksheets. We got to do some dumb worksheet, you know. It's like, okay, just kind of busy work stuff. And I didn't, I must not put in the effort or quality that I needed to do. And I remember I did this, uh, this worksheet. It's not worth much, so it's not worth much of my time, you know. That's how I usually think. And so I, I turned it into the teacher, and he looked at it, and he kind of, you know, skimmed it over, which is the worst, by the way, when you teachers do that right in front of your student. You know, it's like, ah, oh, stop looking at my, you know, my stuff. And he looked at it, and he was like, this what you want to turn in? You know, I'm like, dude, it's worth five points. Come on, give me a break. You know, and I'm like, yeah. And then he looks at us more. He's like, is your name on this? And I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah, it's on it. He was like, so you want your name associated with this work? And I was like, Okay, I'll redo it. You know, I don't know what it is. But I remember him telling me that, and that stuck. You know, I was like, oh, I never thought about it like that. He was like, anything that you have your name written on, like that, you know, whatever that is, whatever quality of, of body of work that is, he's like, he's like, that's attributed to you. See, it's kind of what Jesus is saying here. As a freshman, you know, in high school, I, I realized something. It was the way that we do work right? Or the way that we do what we do matters. See, the way that we do what we do, it matters. No matter how insignificant we think it is, it matters. See, that's what Jesus is teaching us. Next, all right, he says, let your shine before others so that they may see your good works and glorify, all right, your work ethic and promote you. Sounds pretty good, right? All right, Jesus, right? This is why we go to work. Probably most of us in here, and that's what we think about. We're like, hey, you know, I want them to see my good works, all right? What's my good works? Well, it's, it's that idea of it's like, man, I hope my boss recognizes the job that I did, or, or hey, I, I hope he realizes that I did my job. Maybe they didn't do their job, but I did my thing. I did mine right. Or, hey, did you see my report? Or, did you see how I handled that situation? Or, did you see what I built? Or, hey, that was my idea. I came up with that. Or, hey, I made, I made that happen, or I made this this happen. And so we look at this and it's like, hey, you know, I hope that they may see my good works, all this stuff that I did, and then they can glorify my work ethic where it's, oh man, hey, you are such a great employee or hey, we've never had anybody do as good of a job that you've done or you are so important to this company or we are so glad that we hired you or hey, where would we be without you or you might single-handedly be the best employee that we have ever had or ever hired. You are great. So they can glorify our work ethic and someday, the end goal, promote us. That's why we go to work. That's not what Jesus says. 
See, Jesus is saying, hey, I want you to do your work in such a way that people see it. Not for you, not so that they will glorify your work ethic, that they will, he's like, no, 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 I want them to see the, your willingness to work, your hard work that you put in to your work, the heart that you put in to your work, and then Jesus is trying to get us to understand that then they will be able to connect the dots. They'll begin to connect the dots between your commitment to work and your commitment to what he actually says, your Father in heaven. He's like, that's why you do your work. See, your good work should stand out so much at your job that people look at you and go, whoa, this employee might be the most loyal employee I've ever seen, or this employee is the most hardworking employee we've ever had, or this is the most committed employee we got, or hey, I've never been, seen someone so dedicated to not just doing a good job, but an excellent job. And then they look at you and they see what we have, or they see, or really, they see our, our, our works, the, the stuff that we do, how we live our life, and they go look at us and say, hey, whatever he has or whatever she has, I don't know what it is. I want that. I wish more people had that. All right? That's what I want. And Jesus is saying, hey, they can come to Jesus just from watching the way that you live your life. Or in our context here, just by watching the way that you work. Now, I think some of this kind of just got, like flies by in one ear, out the other. Think about this. Let me just ask this question, right? This is, this is intense kind of, so focus in. How many people have come to Jesus simply by watching the way that you live your life? Zero, <laughs> right? Like how many people have come to Jesus at your job simply by watching you work? Uh, mm, uh, I don't know. Remember last week when I was talking about how we work for Jesus and, uh, and we were forgotten how he is the most loving and forgiving boss ever, right? Which is awesome. Okay, we're all, we're all good with that. But then I also said, but he's the most demanding boss in the world. This is what I'm talking about right here. See, I think most of us, we think we're pretty good at our work. All right, we think we work hard. We're, you know, we're generally, you know, we think we're pretty good. And, and what we do is we compare ourselves to the people around us, all right? And usually we compare ourselves to the worst people around us because the best people around us, it gets a little dicey. Like, eh, I don't know if I'm better, you know. But the worst people, it's easy because you're like, oh, man, I'm better than that person. That person always comes in late. I never come in late, so I'm better than that person. That person, they don't ever do their job or I always have to fix their problems or fix the, the situations they, they get themselves into. And so what we do is we think we're pretty good good at work, and we look at ourselves, we're like, well, this person's at, like, this level, and I'm, like, here. Like, I cover them up. I'm above them. I hope they see it. I hope they know. I hope the boss knows. You know, this is what we think. But then Jesus steps on the scene 2,000 years ago, and I think he's talking to people who are a lot like us here today. Like, I don't think we've changed much. And Jesus comes on the scene, and he's like, uh-uh. No, 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 no. You don't understand. He's like, he says, you're like, your friend's like here. You're like here, you think you're pretty good, but he's like, no, no, the standard is here. The way we work matters, and ultimately, people can come to know Jesus by the way we work, all right? We'll get into this. Paul actually teaches us the same thing in Philippians chapter 2. 
Paul says this. He says, hey, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. He's talking about how, the way you live your life. Next verse. He says, for it is God who is working in you both to will and to work according to his good purpose. All right, what Paul's telling us here this morning is he's saying, hey, what you do matters. All right, what you do matters and how you do it matters even more. All right, that's, that's even more important to us. And so if you are a Christian, all right, it should show up at your job or in the workplace. Like it should show up. All right, by the way, let me just clarify. We don't become a Christian or we don't get saved because we're a good worker or because we're, we're a good person. It's not, it's not how it works, right? We don't get to heaven by doing a bunch of good stuff, right? Contrary to popular belief, right? What we do is we become a Christian. We make the decision to follow God and then we have the desire to work, right? Then we have the desire to be a good person or, or to live our life right. See, Paul's saying, hey, it should show up in our life. Our relationship with God should show up in our life, especially at our job, the place where we spend a third of our week at. And he's saying, hey, if you live life right, man, it shows. Like, it shows. And when it shows, God can use you. In fact, it's almost like you get to become a tool that God can use, all right, which is kind of cool to think about. We talked about this a few months ago when we were walking through the, the book of First Timothy or the letter of First Timothy doing that study. Um, where Paul was talking about, hey, you want to be useful to God. Like, that should be our goal, right? We want to be useful to God. And here we get to become a tool, right, that is actually useful to God by the way that we live our life. I think Paul here, he, he actually dives in a little bit deeper. And again, I don't think the people that Paul's talking to 2,000 years ago are much different from us here today. I don't think we've changed that much. And I think what Paul does is he kind of hits on a point where he's like, eh, this is what you guys really need to hear. He says this, For it is God who is working in you, both to will and to work according to his good purpose. Next verse. He says, do everything. All right? Remember, we talked about this last week. This, this word, everything, this is like an excuse killer. All right, so, you know, come up in your mind with your best excuse about why this doesn't apply to you or your job or your situation. And then Paul's just like, uh-uh, kills it. Okay, he's like, everything. All right, doesn't matter what you think. Doesn't matter your, your dumb excuse. You know, our dumb, we, all, we all do this. All right, myself included. He's like, it doesn't matter. He says, do everything without grumbling and arguing. Now, the word grumbling here is another word could be used uh, like murmuring, okay? This is like a word that it just sounds like grumbling, you know, people, like, let's go to the workplace, like people, you know, you know people, you know people are like that, that, that just kind of grumble, grumble, you know, or murmur. It's a word that sounds like what it is, people murmuring about this and about that. You know people like that? You know that guy? There's always that guy, all right? Just always is. Um, the, you know, we've all... We all, you know, have this idea of this person that comes to mind. Um, but he's like, you know, what he's saying is, he's saying, hey, do everything without grumbling or arguing. Actually, another word, all right, that can be used for the word grumbling is complaining. All right. Now, probably most of us in here, we're going, hey, I don't have a problem with murmuring or grumbling. I don't do that. But then you switch it to the word complaining. It's like, well, I, you know, I don't know, maybe once in a while I might, you know, do something. So we could do some serious complaining, right? How many of you, just by a show of hands, sometimes, accidentally, maybe, just a little, while working or on the job site, might squeak out a tiny complaint? Anybody ever do that? 
right? Right? It's something we all do, right? This applies to every single one of us. Now, some of you guys, you don't want to raise your hand, but let's be honest, you complained all the way to church today, okay? We're going too slow. We're going too fast, right? It's too hot. It's too cold. We're going to be late. We're going to get a bad seat. We're going to miss it, you know, whatever it might be. We are like expert complainers, okay? We are expert complainers. Paul's saying it doesn't matter what you do, do everything without grumbling, without arguing, without complaining. That means you're having a good day or a bad day. It doesn't matter. Right? If you have a happy day, sad day, good grades, bad grades, good job, you know, bad job, good future, maybe you have a dim future, good boss, horrible boss, good circumstance, bad circumstance, good marriage, bad marriage, maybe you got money in the bank, maybe you are flat out broke, uh, good family, annoying family, good life, bad life. Paul's saying it does not matter. Right? It doesn't matter. You should do everything without grumbling or complaining. Like you should never complain about anything in your life, especially your job. Now, probably, your job is the thing that you probably complain about the most, right? Like, that's the thing we as, I mean, it seems like most people I know, that's the thing that we complain about the most. And Paul's like, don't do it. You shouldn't do it. That's not living your life right. That's not living the way that God wants you to live. He goes on. He says, do everything without grumbling or complaining and arguing. Next verse. He says, so that, here's why, so that you may be blameless and pure children of God who are faultless, okay? He throws out three words here. He says, you don't want to be grumbling or complaining. You want to live your life right so that you will be blameless, pure, and faultless, all right? All good things. In a crooked and perverted generation among whom you shine like stars in the world. Sounds similar to what Jesus said, right? Because God wrote all this, all right? It's It's all God. See, we live life right. And we work hard, and we put our heart into what we do, and we never complain, and we never grumble. Why? Because we're the light. Because we're the light of the world. We are meant to stand out. God expects us to live our life right and to stand out. Now, many of us, what we need is we need a new perspective about our job. Some of us, we need a new perspective about work in general. Okay, because we are not hard workers. We do whatever we can to avoid work. That's not good. What Paul is saying, and really what we need to understand this morning, is that tomorrow when you get up and you drag yourself out of bed and you have your six cups of coffee and you get in the car and you drive to that place, even when you don't want, you know, you drive to the place, even if you don't like to be there, you don't like the people that you work with, you know, you don't like what you do, Paul's saying, hey, no, 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 no. That's an opportunity for you to shine. It's an opportunity, right? It's an opportunity for you to be the light. See, our job is like a tool. It's supposed to be like a tool. We should, we should use it. Now, just to clarify one thing, work is not the tool, all right? Work is not the tool. Work's within us, all right? Work is what we're created to do. Work's a part of what we do. Our job is the tool, but we got to use it. See, our place of employment is our, actually our place of deployment, right? It's our job. It's our mission that God has given us. He says, hey, I want you to do whatever you possibly can to reach as many people as you possibly can. Tell them about what I've done for them so that they can have hope, so that they can have a relationship with me, right? That's our job. That's what we should be doing at our jobs. And the way we work is one of the ways that we do that. And how we work, right? Listen to this. How we work either pushes people away from Jesus or it brings them in. Think about this question. 
put yourself in your managers, your bosses, your supervisors, your board, you know, whoever is in charge. Put, them in your, in, in, put yourself in their shoes. Now, some of you guys are like, that sounds good. I'd fire that guy, and I'd fire her, and uh, get rid of, you know, I'm not talking about that. Anyway, um, put yourself in their position just real quick. If you could hire anybody in the world to do what you do, okay? If you could hire anybody in the world to do what you do, think about this. Knowing what you know about you, would you hire you? Just think about that for a second. If you're in their position, knowing what you know about you, if you could hire anybody else in the world, would you hire you? Like knowing how you spend your time at work, right? Knowing how much time you spend on, you know, what you do on the internet, knowing how much shopping you get done, all right? Knowing how much time you spend on Facebook, all right? Some of you guys, I know, you guys are like expert clickers, okay? Like someone gets within your realm, I don't know, your workspace, you know, you know that space, it's like undefined, but it's there, or maybe it's your office, I don't know, and someone walks in, and you can easily click off, you're just like, click, you know, and you're good, all right, you off the screen, you know, Amazon's gone, you know, you know they, they can't see it, and some, some of you had your close calls, but you've gotten really, really, really good at clicking off your screen, all right, knowing what you know about you, would you hire you, knowing how much time you spend on the internet, or, well, some of you guys do your whole jobs on the internet, but knowing how much time you spend your time, you know, shopping, or or, you know, doing whatever you're doing on Facebook or social media or whatever, would you hire you? Knowing how much, t- how much you grumble and knowing how much you complain and knowing how much, you know, knowing your attitude that you have at work, would you hire you? Knowing how productive you actually are? See, we as Christians are to be the hardest workers. I'm not saying the most talented, right? I'm not saying, you know, you got the best skills, Those are things I think you can improve on. I'm saying we as Christians, we are supposed to be the hardest workers during our time of work, but we're also supposed to be the most enjoyable workers to work with. See, some of you guys, you work hard, and you are a hard worker, but nobody wants to work with you, right? People dread working with you. It's because your attitude because of the way it's because of the way you complain it's because of all the negative that's you know that talk that you just, you're just constantly negative about everything see we as, as Christians at our jobs we should be like a thermostat now we all know what a thermostat does we all got these in our houses uh, the, the interesting thing about a thermostat is that every house has that one person who controls it you know what I mean you guys know what I'm talking about right? you know who that person is some of you guys are pointing other people, some of you guys are pointing at yourself, all right? Um, if you don't know who that is in your house, the person who controls the thermostat, it's, the, it's not you, okay? Let me just throw that out there. Um, it's the person who follows you around, turning off all the lights that you leave on, right? It's that person. Follow the trail, okay? Um, but God, what he's calling us to do is, uh, is we are to be at the thermostat. Now, a thermostat sets the temperature. But too many of us, we're not like a thermostat, we're like a thermometer, okay? We read the temperature and we react to it. Sometimes bad, sometimes good. Uh, that, that's what we are. And Jesus, what he's doing is he's calling us to be like the thermostat. He's saying, hey, it's, it's the attitude of, of this. It's saying, hey, I can't control everything at work. All right, I can't control everything about my job, but there are some things that I can control. 
And I'm not going to be like a thermometer where I'm going to go into work and read the temperature and then react to however that is. All right? that's, that's not what we're to do. All right? You need to go into work and you need to set the temperature. Because you're the Christian. Even when you don't enjoy doing what you're doing at that place you don't want to be at with those people that you don't like. See, we have the ability as a Christian to change our workplace and make it better, but we have to set the tone, especially, let me just say this, especially if you are a manager, a supervisor, a boss, or you're sitting on some board, right? This is you. I mean, you can make or break your organization by how you set the temperature within your organization. We should make it better because we as Christians are the light of the job site, of the office, of the hospital, of the restaurant, of the store, of the school, of the shop, of the plant, all right, wherever you work, we are the light. And understanding that affects the way that we work. It affects how we work. And how we work matters. Let's pray. God, we um, thank you for teaching us this. I mean, this is stuff that we naturally kind of rebel against. God, we, we need to hear. God, not only have you created us to work and created us to work hard and created us to, to work with our heart and put heart into what we do. God, but we are to be the light into the world. And God, this is a, we live in a dark, dark world. God, help us to be the light. Help us to live our life right. Help us to work hard, put hard. Help us to, to, to do our jobs right, God, the right way, the way that you want us to do our jobs. And God, help us to reach those around us, our family, our friends, our coworkers, our neighbors. Accomplish your work. And you've promised us you to use us. And we thank you for that. God, we thank you for everything. We thank you for this church and this family. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, real quick, just want to, Remind you guys as we, as we leave today, hey, if you're part of our church family, all right, and you consider Grace your church home, we're so glad you're part of our family. If you would go home, take that card, no matter how much or how little, whatever you think, doesn't, doesn't matter. I think every single one of us should be invested into what God is doing here at Grace in Tiffin, Ohio. And so I'd encourage you to take that home, figure out what you think you can do, bring that back next week or fill it out online. And uh, that will really help us plan on what we think God wants us to do with our next phase. And so if you've already done that, we want to say thank you. Appreciate your generosity. Um, but uh, for the rest of us, you know, I, I haven't done it yet either, I'll admit. But I need to do that this week with, with Kate. And we're going to, you know, we're in this too. So, all right, we'll see you guys back here next week. You guys are dismissed.